Show. That's right, folks. Alex Dorio and Travis Wright White here uh, with our uh, side podcast here, available exclusively a preview for all you listeners out there. We are going episode by episode through the Big Show show, one at a time. Travis, are you ready to start this journey through uh, the Big Show's latest cinematic opus? Well, I can't wait, man. Big Show, Paul White, also my my actual brother's name. So I'm a big fan of Big Show. My brother, uh, you know, I always wanted to see him on TV, Big Show. I thought he was comedic and SNL back when, you know, 20 years ago. Yeah. I thought that was where, you know, piqued my interest. I wanted to see him get his own show, and it only took uh, two decades for him to finally get one. Finally, so. the moment has arrived. Yes. Folks, we're covering episode one here called Prototype, uh, the episode description the Big Show's teenage daughter from a previous relationship comes to live with him, his wife Cassie, and their, uh, I can't do this, man. I, I, can't, that's, okay. I can't do it. There's no, let's you couldn't pay me enough. Let's give this, let's give this, uh, wait, are you going to say that this uh, Big Show show is not going to make the final cut? Oh, well, there you go, Hi-oh. my friend. <laughs> yeah. Let's just talk about a Big Show match, okay? All right, let's just do that instead. So. All right. Yeah, we tried. <laughs> We gave it a good old college try. <laughs> I haven't had any free time to watch it, but I, I definitely will check out at least episode one. I do promise that. Your kids at least might love four it. minutes of episode one. Might be their new favorite show. Oh, the show, show. Tony, Yeah, they, might be. They might. <laughs> I got two. <laughs> Alright, creatures of the night, welcome to episode 141 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all tism. This is Talking Taker, we're talking The Undertaker, we're digging up his legendary career, one pay-per-view match at a time, and we thank you for joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. Hope we didn't scare you guys out there. Uh, <laughs> for now, the Big Show Show will remain a figment of our imagination. Uh, the Big Show Show Show. Uh, the Big Show Show is unfortunately very real. But my name's Alex Dorio, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner. He is literally the brother of Paul White, Mr. Travis White. <laughs> Travis. It is the big show. <laughs> uh, you know, this. it was a tough choice, though, because uh, uh, we're talking No Mercy 2008 here, and man, what a drop-off in quality this is between what we just talked about, some of the best stuff we ever talked about, and now the big show has to come in and ruin everything. Dude, this would be like going to a drive-in double feature, and you go and you watch uh, The Dark Knight. And then immediately, when Dark Knight goes off, the next movie that comes up is Norbit with Eddie Murphy. Mm. That would be like the cinematic equivalent of this. How would you ever pair those two movies together? <laughs> I don't think it happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw someone the drive in the Norbit came on. I don't left. think it was the know. Dark Knight. I don't think it was. It was something else. It was some... St- I want to say it was a stupid comedy, but... Yeah, it was some dumb comedy. But yeah, Norbert came on, then we all left. We all so drove away. Always, yeah, we drove away. Yeah. <laughs> we already paid for it. <laughs> we already paid to be there, and we drove away. So, You know, I read yeah. that drive-ins are, like, booming right now. Yeah, they are. They're still open and stuff. Yeah, good for them, man. 
Yeah. They're essential. They, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love going to the drive-in. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, anyway, like we said, we're talking <laughs> No Mercy 2008 here. The big show and The Undertaker starting. This show is about to become the big show 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 for the next three weeks here as we talk about Undertaker yeah. Big Show trilogy. Who did we take off? 2008 trilogy here. Although, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. It's not as bad as you might think, nah. but uh, there's some fun stuff to talk about here, Travis. But before we dig into all the fun stuff, Travis, I wanted to give you a moment to reflect on some of the news that we talked about last week. Uh, like I mentioned on last week's episode, we recorded that before two huge events in the wrestling mm-hmm. industry took place. Uh, two very sad ones. Uh, the releases of about 20, 25 or so WWE employees and superstars. Uh, a lot of our favorite guys that we've talked about through the years here on this podcast. And then the very next day, the passing of legendary Hall of Famer, the greatest ring announcer of all time, Howard Finkel. Uh, the Fink himself. So I spliced in a couple quick thoughts before the episode last week, but Travis, uh, if you wanted to say anything about those two things, uh, uh, I wanted to let you give you the chance to do so. Yeah, no, last uh, last week, uh, April was a tax day, right? April 15th was a terrible day in the wrestling industry. I mean, I understand. I work for a big multi-billion dollar corporation, so I understand the economics of it. Uh, I'm seeing it at work right now, too, with them trying to stay open and this and that and the other and who needs to stay and what are they, how are they restructuring things. So I, I get the economics of it. It's not Vincent. It's not the enemy here, but it just is what it is. You know, they're not doing live television. They're not doing, I mean, they're not doing live events. They're not getting money from that. WrestleMania is going to take a huge, I mean, that's a lot of their money from the year. So I, I get it economically, but it doesn't mean it hurts any less like to see your, your guys you really love to go, you know, get, get canned and guys have been there forever. Like Mike Kyoto, that was definitely a surprise. We were talking before we went on the air here about, I thought Gallows and Anderson was a big surprise. Um, they'd just been in the Boneyard match, you know, and, um, Hawkins and Ryder, you know, I'm not surprised, but I would have seen it coming like maybe five, 10 years ago. Like why, why now? But you know, it is what it is. Hopefully some of those guys can be back when there's more breathing, more room to breathe economically. And, I know that a lot of those producers, I was very shocked with, but allegedly those are most of those are furloughed, so they can come. They're still getting benefits and all right now, but they can. They're not getting paid, but they can right. come back once this all blows over. So that was re, that was um, kind of you know reassuring to know because I'd love to see Hurricane Helms back and um, you know some of the other guys backstage. Finley. Lance Storm, Lance Storm, and Finley. Like Lance Storm just closed his wrestling academy last November to take this job, so. You know, he lost his main source of income to take this job, and now he lost this. So, you know, again, I understand the economics of it, but it still sucks. Um, you know, I just hope those guys can get their jobs back or find their footing because, again, the wrestlers can't go find work right now because nobody's wrestling. So yeah. <laughs> hopefully, they, hopefully they were smart with their money. Or, you know, Hawkins and Ryder, you know, they could sell a lot of their figures. In all seriousness, I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of kidding, but kind of <laughs> seriously, they could, yeah. So to make money off of it. And then – on just piggyback off that, just Howard Finkel, that just was like a, a punch to the gut, man. I just, I didn't realize he was as old as he was. Was he 69 years old or something, mm-hmm. you know? Something like that. So, yeah, yeah it's just, um, I guess he has to be. Like, he was the first employee, you know? So, that, uh, it sucks, but, you know, he hasn't been around very much recently. But, um, in fact, my favorite, like, recent memory of him is um, Survivor Series 2011 when Punk, Punk and Del Rio, and Punk has him as his, uh, his ring announcer. That was really, really cool. Really, really special. It was at the Garden, for those of you who don't remember. So, 
really cool. And I just, you know, he'll, again, I always put over how I was a big WCW mark in childhood, but I still liked Howard Finkel on, he's the voice of WWF to me. He always will be, you know, so I won't get to hear Hanu. And his voice is always fun to imitate, you know, oh and gosh. Gallows did a great yeah. imitation of it. So it was a, hello, how are you? It's just, it's, it's just <laughs> such an iconic voice and we'll miss him. But, you know, uh, they did a, a good little video on, I think it was SmackDown on Friday for it. And, probably on raw as of this recording we've we're, we're filming during raw so um anyway yeah we'll miss that guy and uh he's given us a lot of good memories here on talking taker announcing the new world heavyweight champion i think at wrestlemania 13 he announced him so uh anyway but yeah we'll miss him too rest in peace absolutely you know i think i said on here last week <clears throat> that when you're playing with your figures as a kid that's mm-hmm. the voice you're imitating when you're mm-hmm. introducing everybody out to the ring and when you're mm-hmm. you know even when we'd have play wrestling matches just you know yep. in the backyard like we pretend to say i mean that's that's the announcer voice that you yeah. used to use and uh it's really kind of ironic that they you know released all these people and then the next day, the longest tenured employee yeah, no. of WWE passes away. Like, not only was he the first employee, I mean, he knew he was never fired. Like, right. you know, I think, I, I, you know, I don't think he was working the past few years, but I don't think he ever got. No, he was still know, getting paid. I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, he's probably still getting paid and all this sort of stuff. So, like, think about all the guys throughout the years that have been with the company that Vince has had, you know, love-hate relationships with. Yeah. But not only was he the first employee, he was always there. There was never, I mean, you know, his role changed certainly, right. but he was always there. So that that says something. And it says something about his relationship with Vince McMahon, I'm mm-hmm. sure too. And he never got fired. Yeah, I mean, sir, I mean, I'm not making light of his death. Like he never got fired, not once. He yeah. passed away, on, unfortunately. So like, you know. Uh, Vincent will never have that on him, you know. So, That's right. Yeah, because a lot of guys came and went and came and went, and came, even like Jr. was Vince's right hand man. Pritchard, they've came and they've they've went, and uh, yeah, you're right. Finkel was there the whole time, so pretty cool. Very cool, and like you said, we hope to see some of these guys that got released here in the future. It's not out of the question. A lot, I mean, Gallows had gone and come back, and Hawkins sure. had gone and come back. Finley, I believe. <laughs> Got fired yep. once before. Now he's back. So. Last year yeah. he got fired. Like, oh, like was that it? Back. Last year? Yeah, with the uh, Alicia Fox. Like she oh, was drunk at a taping or whatever was, last okay. year or something. Yeah. yeah, he got fired and brought back again last year. So, yeah, it's happened to him before. But Time we'll talk about a lot of those people actually tonight on this episode. We've got a few of them on here. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's weird. let's lighten things up here a little bit as we take our time traveling hearse back to August of 2008, and we pick up. Like we said, if you hadn't listened to last week's episode, please go listen to it. Go watch that Good match, heavens, yeah. The finale of the Undertaker-Edge rivalry inside Hell in a Cell. One of the best matches we talked about. Uh, we had a lot of fun talking about it, too. One of my favorite episodes. But yeah, me too. We're going to pick up on the SmackDown after that, after Undertaker has sent Edge straight to hell. Uh, this is August 22nd, 2008. And Vicky Guerrero, you know, we saw her applauding and happy that... Her husband had been sent to hell uh, at the yeah. SummerSlam pay-per-view, and she's going to open up the show in a backstage promo saying, you know, it's time to move on. And she says <laughs> some of her decisions were certainly unpopular over the past few months, but, you know, that wasn't the real her. She blames Edge for influencing her and controlling her and all that stuff. And she says the real Vicky Guerrero is benevolent and, and compassionate, and she felt... 
uh, like she was forced to fall in love and then she says Edge put her through a living hell by cheating on her, but now he's living in hell and then lets out this Wicked Witch of the West cackle. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's so cartoonish. Um, but she says that she's free to be a real self now and she feels so good about reinstating The Undertaker. She wants the crowd to join her and giving him a standing ovation later tonight. So... Later on tonight, she's going to try to suck up to The Undertaker and try to get on his good side. Uh, And then she announces something uh, sort of infamous here, and that would be the championship scramble match for SmackDown at Unforgiven. So we'll get to Unforgiven here in a couple weeks and talk about that match, uh, a unique match idea that was not long for this world. But... Well, they blew through the whole idea in one night. I mean, they why did. they do three of them in one <laughs> night? Them Come in on. One night. <laughs> it's a brand new concept. You can use three of them in the same night. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, but they're going to have qualifying matches all this evening. And the big show, our, our man, the big show, he thinks the show should be all about him. And he thinks it's obvious that he's going to be in one of these scramble matches tonight or qualifying matches for the scramble. And Vicky, unfortunately, has to let him know that there was a slight oversight. And, unfortunately, he's not going to be involved in any of the scramble qualifying matches. So, Big Show kind of shakes it off. He's, he's kind of cool about it. He's like, oh, sure, totally, I understand. I'm just so excited to have a qualifying match. Who's my opponent? Actually, Big Show, with all that was going on, you're not in the match. You're not going to be here tonight. I'm sorry. It was an oversight. It was an oversight. oversight. I'm so sorry. I understand. It's okay. He's lying. <laughs> we yeah. got to a 10-man uh, <laughs> battle royal here featuring, Ooh. you know, the top contenders of SmackDown, like Jimmy <laughs> Wang Yang and Scotty Goldman, uh, the Brian Kendrick, uh, uh, and the Brian Kendrick, of course, is joined by your favorite wrestler, Travis, <laughs> your best friend that you met in New York, Big Zeke. Oh, I almost ate crow because this guy, yeah. <laughs> he Jeez. almost forced a crow down your throat. Yeah, down my throat. You know, the Ryan Braddock is in this match, too. Oh he wasn't God. long for this. Talking about future endeavor. Yeah. Good heavens. That guy was a... Waste you of thought space. Kevin Thorne was bad. What about this guy? They look I'll like they could Kevin be related. I'd take Kevin Thorne over Ryan Braddock any day. Absolutely. All day. Well, Big Show, he's sick of this match, too. So he jumps in the ring and eliminates everybody. Tosses them all over the top rope. But... Big Zeke actually catches Brian Kendrick on the outside, so that allows him to re-enter the match, and that's how Brian Kendrick ends up in the Unforgiven scramble match and gets to have Which an Brian Kendrick? iconic moment. The Brian Kendrick. Oh, okay. The one and only, <laughs> man. Okay. Uh, later on in the night, uh, Vicky's with La Familia, and, and they're getting ready for her to come out later on in the night. They're teasing some tension between them still as Chavo is a little bit ticked off that he didn't get into any of these qualifying matches either. Sure. <laughs> it makes sense. He's family. <laughs> Former ECW champion. Yeah. Uh, and they, they're they wondering why Undertaker hasn't shown up here tonight. And 
Chavo thinks Taker might be holding out because he's holding a grudge or he's a little bit vindictful. <laughs> yeah. He also butchers the English language just like his his mom or his aunt, I mean. It's her second language, you know. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> What? Oh, okay. <laughs> Anyway, Vicky and the Familia come out, and she delivers a prepared speech because she's not so great at doing uh, really long promos quite yet. Right. <laughs> but she says, I consider myself a great woman, a, a great woman who's not too big to apologize for her actions, who can admit to her mistakes and stand on her own two feet and look adversity in the face. Ha, ha, ha. Funny, funny. Yes. She's in a wheelchair. Uh, and she... <laughs> Brings out The Undertaker to give a standing ovation to him. And so the crowd stands up on their feet, including one fan who has become famous throughout the years, the Brock Lesnar uh, Affliction t-shirt guy. Yeah. Um, does he still show up anymore? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. still at shows, yep. He same still wears sh- that shirt. shirt, yeah. He got real famous. That was the, the night after WrestleMania 2012 when Lesnar came back or whatever. That was the night everybody knows him. He's the guy that does some, yeah, like when Lesnar comes out. But yeah. he was apparently around back in 08, man. I noticed him right here in the like front row just man. booing Mickey. It's pretty cool. So, yeah, but yeah, he still at shows. You see him a lot. I didn't see him at WrestleMania this year. You didn't? No. You look closer. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's there. I saw a different fan. He's in a cloak of invisibility. That's right. <laughs> Well, of course, Taker does come out. He's arrived to the ring, takes his time coming out, does his big, long entrance here. And Vicky, she's actually really funny here. She's pointing out that, um, you okay? <laughs> what if WWE would have put a green smiley face shirt on the front row at the Performance Center? That would have been amazing. That guy's always in the front row. <laughs> If they just had one stay, that would have been epic. Just anyway, cardboard sorry. cutouts of like all the most yeah. famous fans. Yeah, the dude with the long hair and his grandma or whatever, and yep. then that guy. Anyway, sorry, go ahead. Shocked Undertaker <sighs> guy. Sorry, I, I couldn't it. get it out. <laughs> well, anyway, uh, Vicky, like I said, she's actually really funny here as she's trying to apologize to Undertaker, and she's like, it's like she hasn't seen The Undertaker over the past 20 years. Right. She's just like, if you need more time, then we can talk about this next week. Can, can you please accept, accept my apology? Downplaying it all and kind of stumbling and stuttering, and she's like, "I, I, I just really want to apologize to you. Like, are you gonna forgive me or what?" And Undertaker's not saying anything. Vicky eventually gets down on her knees and begs for forgiveness, and Undertaker delivers one of my top ten promos Whoa. of all time here, <laughs> as he yanks the mic out of her hand and says, "Look at me, woman." Oh, 
boom. And then, that's it. That's it. <laughs> Scared the crap out of me. Yes. And then La Familia surround Undertaker after he says all that, and he throws the mic down. He gets ready to fight them and starts to take them out, but Bam Neely ends up taking Undertaker down. The whole Familia swarms around him. Chavo grabs a chair as the rest of everybody's holding Undertaker, but Taker boots Chavo down, headbutts him out of the ring, and then choke slams Ryder and Hawkins. I think for like the last time here. Uh, this Probably. is kind of be basically the end of La Familia as we know it here in this moment. Uh, Vicky has managed to escape, and she's at the top of the ramp, and Taker does the throat slash to her as that's really the story here over the next <clears throat> six or seven weeks or so is yeah. the Undertaker wants Vicky Guerrero's soul. He's taking it to the extreme. <laughs> yeah, it's getting out of hand. So it's going to get way out of hand here too. We're going to go, we're going to dial back to 2000 and, or 1992, three-ish era here for some of this stuff. So yeah, the next week on SmackDown, August 29th, uh, the Undertaker actually opens the show. He comes out and there's lots of RIP Vicky or, R.I.P. Vicky and Edge signs in the crowd, and he comes out, and um, they, you know, commentaries recapping last week what happened and stuff, and uh, what he what he did to Edge at uh, in the Hell in Cell and everything. And so, Taker's in the middle of the ring, and he says, "Vicky Guerrero, you want me to forgive you of all your sins? Well, there's something I need to tell you. I'm not the forgiving kind, so I will be coming for you, and I will be coming for your soul. And once I take it." You will burn. Burn in hell. So, dude, he is just on another level here. (laughs) Yeah. He's not messing around. No. And during this time, we see the 45-degree TV angle where La Familia is watching backstage, and they kind of slowly back away from her and she's left alone in in the the bedroom or bedroom in the in the uh, whoa yikes she's left alone in her office there and um well take not quite alone not quite alone she has a camera and, person uh, in right she has a camera guy in there so uh and then taker does the shakespeare pose in the ring and the all four ring posts go up in flames and so i was wondering at the time like why is taker open the show this is a big story but then it's like oh that makes sense because they had to get the goo off the post for the rest of the the flammable goo off the post for the rest of the show so pretty cool visual though there you know and uh so again la familia has gone out of the room and vicky goes to leave and she can't get out because the door is locked and uh from the inside apparently i don't know from the outside who knows but the door is locked she can't get out <laughs> Didn't understand we, that either. yeah well technically you can see the lock on the knob but we'll give him a pass here so um we see taker making his way up the ramp as vicky's watching on the screen just kind of terrified out of her mind so but yeah she's not alone she's got mr cameraman in there with her so backstage she's trying to make a phone call in her office but uh the telephone lines don't work man taker's supernatural cutting cutting the cord back then you know we didn't have cell phones back in 2008 oh no wait a second We had iPhones in 2000. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, she throws the phone against the wall, and uh, then um, Jesse and Festus take on Hawkins and Ryder, which I just, in my notes, I just wrote like three quarters of those guys just lost their jobs last week. It sucks. So, you know, Festus and Hawkins and Ryder all just got canned a week ago. So yeah. Jesse got canned a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> 
But anyway, Big Show comes down and he decimates Hawkins, Ryder, and Jesse. And I think that was kind of neat here, though, because as he beats them up, the bell rings, which means that Festus goes back into his catatonic state, so he can't attack him. Like he just kind of goes back into that. Like yeah. so, kind of funny. funny. Yeah, it was kind of funny. And Big Show gets on the mic and he's like, "Hardy." He's just like super goofy <laughs> Big Show at this point. Um, he's like, hi, guys. And he says, you know, it seems that Vicky is under so much pressure that she's uh, overlooked superstars here on, on SmackDown. And he um, he fears that, you know, or he says that he'll never, ever be looked over or overlooked again. There'll be no more oversights. And he says, look at what just happened. And he's like, eh, my bad. <laughs> Oops. Just call it an oversight. And he leaves. So, you know, kind of adding Big Show into the story between Taker and, and Vicky. So, um She's all frustrated again in her office, and I just wrote my notes. I think the cameraman should be as well because he's locked in there with exactly. raging Vicky Guerrero. That uh, and he's not scared. But anyway, the last segment of the night is Vicky again freaking out in her office, and she's crying and trying to collect her thoughts and get herself together. And the lights go out, and she screams multiple times as the screen just fades to black. So that's how we end the show that night. So. Um, yeah, that sucked. That's what I put in my notes. That sucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was. Oh, you did? Yes. Yeah. Um, it's supposed to be like a cliffhanger, but it's just stupid. It's like. Yeah. We wasted all our good stuff on the Edge and Edge yeah, and Vicky no. and Taker's storyline, and now uh, we're just back to some really played out Undertaker stuff here, and it's yeah. just not good. Like it doesn't make sense. Like, why is the cameraman no. in there? Right. <laughs> why is the camera guy in there? Why is the... Anyway. <laughs> Why does she not have a cell phone? Why does I don't know. The lights go out and nothing happens. <sighs> yeah, I don't know. Well, our truth makes his debut, re-debut this night. So they've been showing vignettes for him, and he makes his re-debut this night, and so do the Bell Twins. So well, and they all still work for the company. Yeah, at least our truth is still around. <laughs> and he's great. He's hilarious. He's and still he's great. Fantastic. So. Uh, well, now we go to the next week, September 5th, 2008, and this is actually the go-home show for Unforgiven, which we're going to talk about here, but Undertaker does not technically have a match on there, so that's why True. this is the No Mercy episode, but <clears throat> a pretty big angle that happens there. So, Taker, once again, he's been reading some demonic literature or something. And Bro, yeah. <laughs> he is taking notes. As he says, they say the anticipation of death is far worse than the death itself. And I'm going to let you decide, Vicky Guerrero, because in Unforgiven, I'm coming for your soul. Uh, he says he wants to leave her a few things to think about. He wants her to think about his hand squeezing her throat until the mm. strength leaves her body. He wants to think about her cold, lifeless body being confined to a rich mahogany prison that is her coffin. At least he's got good wood picked out. He does. <laughs> he doesn't spare any expense with that. No. And then he says, And as you lay there gasping for air, I will set that coffin ablaze. And that is when your lungs will begin to fill with the accurate stench of your own burning flesh. And that earthly inferno 
will descend you to the fiery bowels of Hades where you can rejoin your accursed husband not mincing any words no that's got vincent man written all over it absolutely man he says the acrid stench of your burning what does that even that's not a human (laughs) word word that anybody uses yeah only literature professors use that or the guys with the calendar like vince had that day exactly yeah well, I love that Jr. is like shocked by this promo. He's like, I've, I've never heard any. Of th- I can't believe Undertaker would say this. Like, I get Michael Cole doing that, but Jr., come on, yeah. you're better than that. He'd been on Raw for a few months, few years. <laughs> well, Vicky, she didn't hear any of it because she just arrives to the arena afterwards. <laughs> Thankfully, she didn't have to hear any of that. And uh, there's an assistant there who's gonna wheel her out in her wheelchair. But she screams at this guy and says, I don't need that anymore. And then <laughs> runs through the parking lot, screaming at all the cars in the parking lot. She's clearly <laughs> off her rocker. Maybe she had some of that green tea that Edge had a few months ago. Yeah, she got her all her energy back. <laughs> well, speaking of a few months ago, you remember, I think it was on the road to WrestleMania or something. We talked about a viscera, excuse me, a Big Daddy V and Balls Mahoney match. Yeah. And we were like, Normally, we wouldn't talk about a match like that, but it ends up spiraling into something bigger. Yeah. We've got a situation like that here, Travis, because we're going to talk about a match between Super Crazy and Ryan Braddock. <laughs> a rare Super Crazy squash match in the year 2008. Yeah. I could not believe this. Well, I forgot he was still around. He is super. He is super-sized. And super crazy. He is super. He is crazy. He is super crazy. And yes, super size crazy. He is large and in charge. Well, he doesn't get to celebrate long because the new monster heel on SmackDown, Vladimir Kozlov, he Mm. loves double double E. He comes out to beat up (laughs) super crazy. He's been squashing people the past few weeks and he demands bigger competition on this night. And he gets what he asked for. Because the big show comes out and answers his call. And he's saying he feels a little competitive tonight as well. He challenges Kozlov to a match and they're squaring off and the crowd couldn't care less. Uh, no. <laughs> but Vicky Guerrero is not having this. That's a that's a pay-per-view main event in her book. So <laughs> Yeah. Make the fans pay for that one. <laughs> she tells Kozlov to get out of the ring and tells Big Show that he has interfered with her show for the very last time. And if she thought he was un- she was unfair last time, then he hasn't seen anything yet. So she tells him to leave or she's going to fine him. And this is definitely not an oversight. So Big Show, mm. he storms off and leaves. And Vicky's getting nuclear heat, as usual. Yeah. Has to ask the crowd to quiet down. And, of course, they continue to boo, at- boo her out of the building. And she calls out The Undertaker. Vicky Guerrero calls out The Undertaker. She's not afraid of him anymore. She says she already apologized. She begged for forgiveness and Taker threatened her life. Well, she is the general manager of this show and she will no longer live in fear. She will no longer be a victim of The Undertaker's psychopathic bloodlust and his perverse fantasies of revenge. Mm. Who do you think wrote that one? <laughs> uh, Vincent Kennedy, man. <laughs> Well, she is calling out The Undertaker, 
at Unforgiven, and she wants The Undertaker to apologize to her. So it's kind of like SummerSlam, where the Jericho-HBK feud just had a segment on the show, like the highlight reel. Uh, And so at Unforgiven, they're going to trade spots here, and Jericho and Michaels are going to have this really cool uh, no-DQ, unsanctioned match, and Undertaker and Vicky... And as we're going to see, the big show are just going to have a big angle on here. So they're not, they're trying to stack or, you know, stagger these matches on these pay-per-views here. As we talk about Unforgiven 2008 here, um, and this is an interesting show because it's the final Unforgiven pay-per-view. Yeah, this is the final Unforgiven. And the first one was 10 years before this, which we've covered here is Kane and Taker's uh, Inferno match. So... Pretty cool here. Ten years later, this is Quick Alone's Arena in Columbus again. I, I do remember writing this because I wanted to. I was my interest was piqued by the championship scramble matches, and D. Brian Kendrick won the title for like five minutes or something. So, <laughs> um, and that unsanctioned match with Sean and, and Jericho was yeah. just lights out, great. So, um, so what's but, your opinion on the scramble match? It was I think they only did it one more time after this pay per view. Where they had, you know, it's five guys in there, and they it's like a fifteen minute time limit, and whoever got the last pin before the bell rings ends up as the champ. I like the idea in hindsight. Like, yeah, I like the idea. I just don't feel like they executed it well. I don't like the interim champ thing. Like, I don't think it. I just think, it, don't say so and so's interim champ. I just wish it was like whoever gets the last pinfall is the champion. I don't like the whole interim thing because does that mean Brian Kendrick's a title holder or not? Not really. Like he doesn't, he's not in the lineage, but he won it in this match for like five minutes. Yeah. And plus it kind of devalues. Like if you're, if your main title is flopping hands in 20 minutes, like that kind of devalues the uh, specialness of it. But I did like the idea. I wish they just hadn't done three of them in the same night. I mean, that's like, I don't like when they do, 45 Hell in a Cell matches in the same night or Elimination Chambers or Money in the Banks. It's like, let's just spread them out. I agree completely. You know, it's made for a cool graphic where it, you know, gets floated around the internet a lot with Brian Kendrick. It says, yeah. WWE champion yeah. underneath them. You know, that's what everyone remembers all this for. But yeah, you know, it's, I'm surprised, honestly, they haven't brought it back because, you know, yeah. they bring everything back. They do. Roll everything back eventually, so wouldn't be surprised to see them do something like this again. They're always looking for new ideas, uh, new old ideas. So always looking for multi-man matches too nowadays. So yes, yeah, this is a great multi-man match. But you know, Vicky wants an apology, and uh, but you know, forgive. I think there's a quote from a great movie, uh, The House Bunny, and it says that forgiveness is more than saying sorry. So Mm. just. You know, they should maybe they watch that movie during this time. I don't know, but it's just a classic song from that movie. So, well, you said you've seen Dark Knight like a dozen times. Uh, how many times have you seen The House Bunny, Travis? Uh, I'd say twice, probably. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, in theater, none, but I, none? I remember, no, I, I think I rented it maybe once with my wife or something. Maybe it was on TV, I don't know, but I just remember that song. That's the only reason I remember that, but mm. anyway. Anywho, that movie sucked. Uh, sorry, but uh, you know I used all my Batman material last week. So I know we There's nothing out, else man. to do. So, Dude, but anyway, I gotta pull out the Dark Knight and watch it while I'm sitting at home. When these I haven't seen it in forever, man. You should. Yeah. It's fantastic. Listen to last week's show. I was like, man, I need to go back and watch it. Such a great film. I yeah, seen it in years. just just a good film. Even if you don't like superhero movies, it's just a good crime film. Anyway, oh, I loved it. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, a big show. Uh, yeah, there's a, so there's the scramble matches or whatever, and um, Big Show comes out unannounced before. Oh, th- this is the night that CM Punk gets uh, kicked in the head by Randy Orton and taken out of this scramble match, which I was not a fan of this whole oh, angle yeah. here. I hated it, and Jericho has gone on record saying that Vince thought that him and Sean needed the title on the line for some reason this feud was so good and he loved it he wanted to get the title in there so they just screwed cm punk and took the title away from him for no reason and put it in the jericho uh sean michaels match so anyway if you remember this night jericho gets beat by in the unsanctioned match and then comes sneaks and sneaks in and takes punk's place in the championship scramble and wins the title so but before that big show comes out unannounced and it's like again he's like hi and he's like recommends yeah it's his new thing he recommends that Mike Adam Lee replace Punk with him in the scramble match tonight. So he's like, you know, sure, certainly you wouldn't make a, an, an oversight like Vicky Guerrero did. So he's sick of the way that Vicky's running SmackDown. And somehow he tries, he segues this into a transition to get us to SmackDown your vote this year. It's a, it's a, it's a election year. So we had to get out and SmackDown our vote. So he tried. It's a true company man it. right there. Oh yeah, absolutely. But a true patriot. He, Absolutely, a patriot of all patriots, the Big Show. But um, he gets uh, he gets ready to leave, and Vicky Guerrero comes out because um, she's like, "Do you not understand English, or is it that you just blatantly disregard it?" So I didn't know that was like an accusation to throw against Big Show. He just disregards English. So I don't know. But she's like, "I gave you explicit instructions to not cause a disruption. So maybe you just are a big dumb giant." <clears throat> so then she says that he's got to deal with the circumstances and that and she demands that that he leave get out of my ring well all of a sudden we get the latin chanting starting and the lights dim big show's kind of laughing and uh the druids come out and they're willing a casket down the ringside and big show is just cackling he is laughing and clapping and it takes a long time to get this casket to the ring so he is laughing and cackling for a long time it's like he just saw the first episode of the big show show man he is having the time of his life <laughs> oh, that or something else that you put in your notes looks <laughs> <laughs> like he's captain insano he obviously. does man he does yeah. oh so Water good boy style man oh yeah he just heard from bobby boucher and he is <laughs> dying he is um well, eventually, eventually, Taker or we see Taker appear on Titantron, and he says, "You know, as he promised, he was coming for Vicky. I'm forgiven. The coffin's going to be her final resting place. And if she, he asks if she's willing to go, or if he has to come down, and grab her by the throat until she slips into unconsciousness, only to awaken to the sulfuric stench from the flames of hell." So again, really digging into the thesaurus here. Thanks, Vince. <laughs> yeah, thanks a lot. But the lights go out, the gong hits, Taker's music hits, and Big Show winds up grabbing Vicky by the arm because she's trying to leave, and he brings her back into the ring, and Taker walks through the smoke and the flames, comes out. Uh, Vicky, again, like I said, Vicky brings her back in, or Vicky gets brought back into the ring by Big Show here. Taker winds up opening the casket, looking in it, looking at her, and then he looks at the casket, and he just shakes her head, looking at her, and gets in the ring, goozles her. And then he's got his hands around her throat like he said that he would. And then out of absolutely nowhere, the Big Show punches him right in the head and then starts putting the boots to him. And this crowd is booing Big Show. 
like they just saw the first episode of the Big Show show. <laughs> <laughs> Headbutt city, uh, here he's headbutting Taker all over the place, punching him, beating him down, taking him outside, slamming him against the barricade. Taker tries to fight back, but he's slamming him against the ring post, the casket. Vicky's kind of watching as this is all happening. Big Show just dumps the casket over, which I would have used it to like beat Taker up some more, or choke some in or right. something, but just causes more destruction. The crowd is chanting for Undertaker outside, then Big Show gives him a headbutt. And then he hits, which, you know, I remember this being a finisher. His the, the you know the weapon of mass destruction that that WMD punch. But I guess this is where he began it. You know, like they they start putting it over here. He he punches Taker right in the head, and um, he falls down, and uh, it's uh, he gives it to him again, and then he kind of goes over to Taker's lifeless body and gives him the old Chris Jericho cocky kick, and uh, kind of just you know tapping him with his foot to see if he's got any fight in him and taker doesn't he's collapsed there he uh pulls taker up and vicky winds up he's like motioning to vicky to come over there so vicky gets her good slap across taker's face and then she hawks a loogie and spits on the undertaker oh yeah and i was blown away because i don't remember this happening to undertaker's life uh, in in wwe and if you watch the replay bro i I swear that spit went in his mouth because like <laughs> it disappears like the the camera angle they give you and we never see this camera angle again on the future episode. We're going to see the replay of this a lot, but we never see <laughs> yeah. this same camera angle. It's always behind the back when we see it from here on out. So I'm telling you guys, go watch this replay. I'm almost guarantee you that her loogie went in his mouth, but he just no sold it and went face down. So they leave together, uh, which comes out of nowhere for me. It's time for Big Show's quarterly heel turn, and he uh, holds the ropes for her and everything. And um, I mean, I have my idea of where this was headed, and it's not how they're going to execute it. But I want to hear what you have to say when you explain the next SmackDown and what Big Show has to say here. So, well, I guess my thoughts on Vicky and Big Show's incident is: I, I, it seems like Vicky's. Maybe going to join another legendary wrestling family as she spits in the face of somebody she thinks is not cool here. But uh, moving on to the SmackDown where they explain their expo- uh, their actions here on September 12th, 2008. Vicky Guerrero comes out to address what happened with The Undertaker and Big Show at Unforgiven. And of course, the crowd lets her absolutely have it. I'm sure there are people trying to spit on her. Mm, <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. be surprised. You know, I was thinking about it. We've kind of been wondering just what it is about Vicky that elicits this reaction. And I feel like she gives off really strong substitute teacher energy where it's just like, you know, you're in school and just the most annoying, awful substitute teacher comes in and you just know she has no place being there you know you can get away with anything so you're just like you know we were just jerks to substitute teachers a lot of times and they you know absolutely they hated us we hated them and i just feel like maybe that's the best comparison (laughs) i could come up with with how the crowd feels about her that's perfect 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 she ain't no Teddy Long, that's for sure. Believe that, play. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and her voice is so grating, and mm-hmm. you know, it's just yeah. She's great. It, she leans into it. She's she's yeah. perfect at it. 
Uh, she points out, as she mentioned a few weeks ago, the Undertaker threatened to take her soul, send her to the fiery depths of hell. So as any sane person would, they wouldn't be too happy about that. So, <laughs> no. uh, But he, she says he couldn't even take her job because she's still general manager of SmackDown and she spit in his face. So she points out she didn't do this alone and brings out the big show. Now the big show comes out and he gives his promo here. I don't know if you noticed this man, but he talked so fast through this promo. Like it was as if catering was about to close down and he had to get backstage to get his to go plate before the promo was over. He's like he's not pausing plates. between his sentences, man. I know you're right. And like I, I just noticed that it was all over. Like I just I don't appreciate this explanation and maybe that's why I just know he was just like flustering and just speeding up and just I felt yeah. like he was like dude you needed a cue card or something here it was it was not because Big Show's not bad on the mic no. you know he's an entertaining guy too but this was just ugh. it was like they probably rewrote this a million times that's exactly what I think happened rewrote it right before he went out there and then told him oh by the way uh we cut the segment down like by yep. five minutes. So you got to get all this in and you have half the time that you thought you did. Yeah. Because he's just blowing through this stuff. And it's quite the lengthy explanation that he gives saying that. See, a couple of weeks ago, I did The Undertaker destroyed Edge and Hell in the Cell. And Vicky's family abandoned her. Vicky approached me and asked for help. Now, at first, I didn't want to do it. I mean, what the hell did Vicky Guerrero ever do for me? So I started thinking, and I realized, who the hell does The Undertaker think he is? Every single SmackDown superstar has to follow the rules and regulations issued by the general manager or they're out of a job, and that includes me. After Undertaker destroyed Edge and Vicky's family abandoned her, Vicky approached him for help, and at first he didn't want to do it, but he started thinking about it, and he wants to know who does Taker think he is, because every SmackDown superstar has to follow the same rules and regulations, or else they're out of a job, but Undertaker thinks he's special, that he's above all that, so which Big Show says Undertaker may be above many things, but he's not above him, and he follows the rules on SmackDown, because he knows what's best on SmackDown, and he knows what's best for everyone, and he sees a good thing with his alliance with Vicky, and there won't be any wedding rings or sweet nothings whispered in each other's ear, because they're a true power couple, and they'll keep SmackDown in order, and she'll help him get the world tile around his waist but he's gonna help Vicky get what she wants and that's an apology because if Taker's not sorry now he'll make personally sure that he is and that's about the speed <laughs> Big Show gave that promo yeah that's it that's it man and uh, man I just don't he explains it ish but I really do think they made this up after the I think they were just like we're gonna have him turn heel and work with Taker we'll figure it out later because Here's my armchair quarterback in here, my hindsight booking. Why don't you just have him not help Vicky out of the ring at Unforgiven? Just he does what he does to take her, and he leaves. He comes out SmackDown, and he's like, how are you going to overlook me now? How, you can't possibly overlook. Like, I made a statement on the biggest dog in the yard. You know, like, I just thought that would have been – and then they could kind of form that bond there. Like, look what I can do to him. I can give him – what. I can make him apologize to you. I beat him up. I let him. Lay. I just thought that it's just it was such yes. a sudden like they hadn't planted any seeds of this at all, and it's just like they've been at each other for three weeks, and all of a sudden they concocted this before it happened. How did they know the druids are going to be there? You know, I just I don't know. I understand it's wrestling, but I just really 
Oh, it just frustrated me. <laughs> yes, that felt so contrived. And what you said could logically make sense. Vicky could be like, look, I know we don't like each other, but we could right. help each other out here. I can give you what you want. You can protect me, give me what I want. But you're right. They retcon it and make it like they had this grand plan over the yeah. past few weeks. And yeah, it's just silliness. And it's it's only going to get sillier, man. Everything about Edge and Undertaker felt so natural and organic and real. And everything about this buildup feels so thick. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's a great way to put it. So <clears throat> that takes us to the next. We got a fake. That takes us to the next SmackDown. This is September 19th, 08. We got... Vicky and the Big Show, uh, that could be a spinoff of Big Show be. Show. Yeah, Vicky loves Show. <laughs> Vicky and Show are backstage in her outfit, and he's in his wrestling outfit. Like He's in his singlet, just Always. sitting there with her. Like It's just weird. Well, Eve Torres walks in and is like, do you think she's, – she's a backstage interviewer at this point. Hi, Vicky, Big Show. Hi, what can I do for you? Well, I had a few questions I wanted to ask you for an interview. <sighs> Absolutely. Go ahead. Do you think The Undertaker – is here tonight. And if so, do you think he'll be seeking retribution? Next question, Eve. I, just, and I love that that's her first question. Yeah. Do you think Undertaker is here tonight? Yeah. He's works for <laughs> do you. Do you think he's here? Yeah. Uh, and then they're like, you know, have a seat. And then Big Show is like, you know, I'll show you why your question is totally irrelevant. And he cues up. Uh, he's got this remote control in his hand that is going to eventually become the remote con- like the MacGuffin of the night. Like this is the, the, the thing of the night is this special remote control he has. So he cues up the beautiful beating footage of him beating Taker Unforgiven on VCR, by the way, still it's 2008. He's got a VCR queued up for it. <laughs> later on, we're going to see them backstage on the same couch. Now they're next to each other on the same couch, which just looks really weird. And Vicky's like, you know, if he shows up, if Taker shows up, you know, he's going to get on my, his knees and apologize for everything that he's done to me. You humble him, and I'll break him. Very good. I like that. <laughs> Copyright Iron Sheik. <laughs> we'll make you humble. But uh, Vicky says she wants the same thing to happen and no mercy that happened to Unforgiven. So she then has the production or, or excuse me show big show then has that remote control that controls the production truck and we see the same footage uh, again so that's number two tonight the exact same footage of the unforgiven beatdown yep same length and all so then later on big shows runs into vicky's office and says that he just saw that taker was here you know i see he's here he's here he's here then we then we see a camera come in the in the locker room from like undertaker's perspective and it walks in, and Big Show's got his hands up like he's about to fight Floyd Mayweather again. And Vicky's hiding behind him, and she's like, no, 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 it's okay, I got this. On your knees, you foul creature. Now, apologize. Vicky, I'm sorry. That's not good enough. On your knees, kiss my feet. And apologize. We see his from his camera angle or his point of view, he leans down to kiss her feet. And the camera at this point pans back over this Undertaker's shoulder, and we see that it is just Chavo Guerrero dressed <laughs> as Taker. 
and they're cackling and having a great time, just laughing like it's episode three of Big Show Show, just dying laughing at the laugh. There should be a laugh track. It's here. about the same quality, I believe. Oh yeah, oh yeah, without question. And then Big Show is like, you know what? Let's let's watch that again, and he hits that <laughs> footage for a third time. He's so proud. He is, and I think he's got the like the remote control from Click. You know, Christopher Walken and Adam Sandler. His boy Adam Sandler. We talked about in the Water Boy. Maybe it's a connection That's there. That's right. But he's got this magical remote that can just play this footage at on demand, like throughout the production truck. I mean, he pushes play in the in the locker room, and it plays on my TV at home. So it's just fantastic. Well, I wish we could have magically fast forwarded through all of this. <laughs> yes. Well, later on. Chavo is uh, comes in where Hawkins, Ryder, and Bam are. They're in Mickey's office, and Chavo says that he needs to watch the footage from Unforgiven again, and he makes him leave. He's like, you guys get out of here. i got to watch this footage. So <laughs> I don't know what he thought it actually was, if it was why he needed to be alone to watch this oh. footage. <laughs> I got <laughs> I an idea. I don't know. I got an idea. I don't understand. But he hits that magic remote, and we literally have to watch this footage for a fourth time tonight. <laughs> And this is four times in one show we've seen this. And the screen then starts to flicker. And we see these Undertaker symbols coming on Chavo's TV. And we see, like, you know, the little creepy girls and the throne and all this stuff. Just iconic, you know, iconography from The Undertaker. And then his Taker's face appears on TV. And Chavo turns around and does some of the worst acting I've ever seen on wrestling. I've seen a lot of bad acting on wrestling. He turns around. Oh yeah, (laughs) exactly. This one episode is awful. And he turns around and we see the undertaker's hand reach out just from under the camera and just goozle Chavo by the throat. And the camera's just, Chavo's looking into the camera and he's like, (laughs) and then it goes off. Like that's it. That's it. And it was awful and stupid and hokey. And it's the month of September, and I just want to say, hey, man, wake me up when September ends, because this is hot garbage. (laughs) You know, uh, next week, September 26, 2008, this is the final episode of SmackDown on the CW, and I think they canceled them because of last week's (laughs) how terrible the show was, man. I think that's it right here. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but in all honesty, it, it is actually the final CW SmackDown. Uh, UPN merged with WB and became the CW, and SmackDown moved over there. But then SmackDown didn't really fit with the whole CW vibe as they were, um, you know. Like One Tree Hill. Like, yeah, that sort of stuff. Uh, and now it's all superhero shows. But Yep. Love it. Uh, yeah, it fits in a it. lot more now. But Yeah. Oh, man, it just keeps getting worse. Chavo and Vicky are in the locker room backstage, and Vicky asks Chavo to tell her what Undertaker told him last week. She's like, tell me again, uh, because <laughs> this whole this whole buildup is about rewatching and repeating all the same things we've seen or heard from. Yeah. So Chavo, he goes into great detail. Undertaker, yeah. He just hands him. He just hands him on my neck. I can feel his tendons getting tighter and tighter around my neck. And I couldn't breathe, Vicky. I couldn't breathe. It felt like, felt like my head was going to pop. But Undertaker let go because he wanted him to be a messenger to tell Vicky that tonight he's coming for her. 
And Chavo tries to leave, but Vicky stops him and says, no, 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 I need you to go back and get the big show and come right back here to protect me. So then Chavo leaves. Jeff Hardy comes into the office and demands a match with Kozlov. Big Hero denies him. Jeff Hardy runs around to leave her office and runs into the big show. Big show gives Vicky a hug and stands by her side. So big show's going to protect Vicky tonight. Uh, Chavo comes in later on and tells Vicky and Big Show, like, guys, I I think we need to be worried about The Undertaker here. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We know, dude. That we've been, we've been paying attention show. for 20 years. He's like, I just have a funny feeling Undertaker might get to us tonight, like he's done <laughs> over the past month. Right. Big Show's like, no, Chavo, you're abandoning Vicky and your family. Don't you remember I knocked out The Undertaker at Unforgive It? Last week I played that footage over and over. Maybe you forgot. Sit down, I'll show it to you again. Sit. Look at this. He <laughs> cues it up like, <laughs> the fifth time. Show says, Undertaker, you know, he might get to you, Chavo, but there's no way he's going to get to Vicky. Because if he tries, I'll take him out of action. So Vicky, as a punishment to Chavo, books him against Jimmy Wayne Yeah. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> WCW Thunder match. Somehow, yes. Uh, yes, absolutely. Ten years later, he's still here on SmackDown. But after Chavo defeats Jimmy Wayne, the lights flicker. Uh, lights go out, actually, I believe. Uh, and uh, just for a second. They just flicker yeah. for a second, and Chavo freaks out about it. He runs to the back and asks Big Show and Vicky what they're going to do about Undertaker. And Show says, well, it's 420 as we're recording this, Travis. So Big Show says they're going to smoke him out. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Chavo says they don't need him and uh, Vicky says okay suit yourself you can join us in the ring or you can hang out in here by yourself and so Chavo decides to join them in the ring where the audience in attendance as Big Show and the Guerreros make their way out the audience in attendance are treated to this same video package about Unforgiven <laughs> that we've seen 17 times now over the past Ooh. two weeks and I'm watching this all like on the same day and I'm losing my mind. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Fast forwarding through this so many times. <sighs> Vicky starts taunting The Undertaker. Chavo's freaking out about it. He's like trying to warn her, tell her, don't do this, don't do this. And then um, Big Show's all cocky and confident. He says, Undertaker's not going to come out here tonight. He's lost his nerve. I crushed his spirit. I broke his jaw. I destroyed the myth of The Undertaker. Lights out, gong hits, lights come back on, and Chavo is mysteriously gone from the ring. Uh, Oh no, what's happened? What could it be? Chavo then mysteriously appears on the big screen, and he's being choked out by The Undertaker in Vicky's office. And I'll give you two guesses to figure out where this is all going to (laughs) go. Big Show runs backstage to save Chavo and leaves Vicky all alone in the ring wondering what's going on. Taker just tosses Chavo around the office like a rag doll, and the video feed shorts out all over again. And then for some reason, this is the weirdest part, Taz decides this is a good time to go interview Vicky Guerrero about her thoughts on this. <laughs> well, I have my thoughts about why I think that happened. I'll tell you once this is over. Okay, because I couldn't figure it out. He starts He starts up the steps, and then the lights go out, the gong hits again, and wouldn't you know it, the Undertaker is in the ring again with Vicky. 
And he milks this man. He backs Vicky into a corner. She cries out in fear. He puts one hand on one rope, puts another hand mm-hmm. on the other rope, rolls his eyes in the back of his head, grabs Vicky's throat, and chokes her for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> Very uncomfortable. Before he picks her up and delivers a tombstone for the second time ever, I believe, to yeah. Vicky Guerrero here. Finally taking her soul from her, I guess, as he does the pose on top of her. And, man, what a way to leave the CW right here. There you go. Taking Vicky Guerrero's soul. See, I tell you, it kind of fits in with the CW nowadays. It does. It does. Well, I was going to say that I thought Taz had to give Taker a cue, like, by stepping on the, the, like, Mm. kicking their stairs or something. But then his music hit and the lights went, like... So never mind. Maybe that wasn't the case. I don't know. But maybe that was the cue is him hitting like the staircase. It could be. But still, it is weird. Like in kayfabe wise, why is it like, I got to get the scoop right now. <laughs> got to get the scoop. The Red Hook scoop. So uh, <laughs> why is that not a segment a Taz has called the Red Hook scoop where he just interviews people? <laughs> Might be. Might be on AEW. Yeah, man. Well, the next week, how are we still talking about this? God, this, is, this is it, man. This is the last <laughs> one. All right, here we go. Go home show for no mercy. This is up, Octo- October 3rd. Uh, this is the first SmackDown on my network TV, which was a very short-lived um, broadcast network. And uh, this is an all-star kickoff for SmackDown. You know, we're going to put SmackDown's best foot forward by having all three brands on it just giving people false hope for what SmackDown could be because you actually will only get a third of these superstars next week so <laughs> that's just the way I looked at it like, and we got a trash trash new theme song I didn't think it could get worse keep getting worse they just yeah they go down in quality it is amazing how they consistently get worse and worse so but I don't even remember it it's awful but I did think it's cool though. The last icon shown on like the screen of who's gonna be here tonight was Taker, and he gets a, the, the biggest pop of them all. So, yeah. but again, it's the, the go home show for No Mercy. Jr. and the Taz take us back to last week's events with Taker, what happened, and then we go, we uh, you know, see Taker, excuse me, see Big Show walking backstage, and he goes into the office of the general managers where we see Mike Adamley from Raw. And our old boy, Teddy Long. Oh, player! <laughs> exactly. He's with Tiffany. Given the occasion, Teddy, you and I look pretty sporty, but Tiffany is off the charts, man. Uh-huh. But you can believe that, player. And you know what? I'm proud to be here on SmackDown tonight. I mean, big night for my network TV. Outstanding player. Indeed it is. And he's the general manager of Smack, uh, ECW, excuse me, for those of you who keep a score. So he got demoted to that show. Uh, he still works Tuesday nights. I don't know why he can't be on SmackDown as well. but Bring him back. I know. Well, Big Show asks why they're in Vicky's office, and they say, you know, Teddy's like, well, as a former GM of SmackDown, maybe maybe I could help since she's out of action tonight. And Big Show tells the three of them to get out of my office, so he's taking over. This is his. He's in charge tonight. So Chavo comes in. He's like, man, my back is just killing me from last week. And Show's like, don't shut up. I'm in charge tonight. And you know, he says, you know, Chavo's like, well, I'm a Guerrero, so I should be in charge. And they go back and forth blaming each other and, you know, who's who's on first, who's who's in charge, yada, yada. And Big Show's like, you know, you got a match tonight, and if you don't compete, you're going to have a match against me. So I don't know why Chavo, all of a sudden, Big Show hates him, but it's what it is. Yeah, they're so, just like killing time here. On yeah. The show. They run out of ideas. They really are. And so Big Show comes to the ring and, 
he tells that he's like addresses the camera and says that he knows Vicky's watching from home or hospital, whatever, and he just wants her to know that he's got things under control. And so he's arranged a very special match for Chavo tonight. And Chavo comes out, and Justin Roberts is going to announce his opponents. We got Mark Henry and his tag team partner, the Great Kali. So if you're tuning in to My Network TV for the first night, there you go. All the stars. All the stars, baby. So, of course, Chavo gets next to murdered by these guys. He's just a whipping boy this month, man. So, and afterward, Big Show comes in and gets knockout punch on Chavo, and then he gets on the mic and says that he hopes Taker's watching, and he can do that just as easily to Undertaker at No Mercy, and uh, he's going to show him No Mercy at No Mercy. So, got to get that pun in there. Got so. to, man. Yeah. Uh, you, what, did they do that whole apology segment at Unforgiven? Because it's called. Unforgiven? Unforgiven. I do think so. Yes. Yeah. I dubbed the Unforgiven. He's not forgiven there yet. It wasn't lost on me, the irony there. So, <laughs> um, well, you know, he's he, he drops us with that pun. I'll show you no mercy and no mercy. And then we get the gong hits, a flicker of the lights, and Big Show gets out of the ring. And as he's going up the aisle, it happens again, and it happens again. And this time, the purple lights come on, and Taker is actually standing in the ring. Big shows at the top of the ramp, and Taker's just staring him down, does the old eye roll and the throat slash. And that's all she wrote, ladies and gents, as we head into No Mercy 2008. I feel bad for my network TV. They get a Mark Henry Great Kali match, and Undertaker just standing on the stage. Standing on the stage, <laughs> or in the ring, yeah. Yep, that's it. <sighs> they will get some Undertaker content here soon enough, though. But uh, like you said, No Mercy 2008. October 5th, 2008, from the Rose Garden in Portland, Oregon. And that was the final Unforgiven pay-per-view last month. This is not the final No Mercy, but it is the last one for eight years before it's brought back in 2016 here. Um, Not a ton of memorable No Mercy moments. Uh, First thing that comes to my mind is that ladder match between the Hardys and Edge and Christian from 1999. Mm -hmm. And... Hey, what do you know? Another ladder match is going to be quite memorable on this show as you know the Undertaker Edge feud has been dominating 2008, but Undertaker is going to take a back seat this month to that Jericho HBK rivalry as they Mm -hmm. kind of end their storyline here with a fantastic ladder match in the main event. Amazing! It just—it's not necessarily a spot fest; it's a story. But it's a story fest. They're telling the story in this match. It's not just a high spot thing. The story's been building all year. It's great. I highly recommend that. And also, man, JBL gives a world beater heel promo about the government bailout. Did you see it? it I didn't is, see it. It's fantastic. Like he's like thanking the government for bailing out the rich people like him. <laughs> and he wants to thank Congress and Senator Obama for bailing him out because he gets to go back to wall street and revel in his money while it's just it is and it's kind of funny with the way things are going yeah. in 2020 with yeah. this kind of stuff too so it's just it was just it was funny to me that's cool. good stuff he's always great <laughs> he does but that's perfect for him yeah uh well uh, after that great segment um <clears throat> for some reason crime time and sergeant slaughter <laughs> Uh, along with all them divas, as Teddy would say, they steal JBL's limo and drive off. Yeah. <laughs> so I saw Perhaps that part. No <laughs> reason. Rewind it about two more minutes. Why is Sergeant Slaughter uh, in it? It's uh, great. Anyway, no after reason. that happens, we get a video package. As if we didn't see it enough, <laughs> Big Show knocking right. out Undertaker. We get to see it again here. And uh, this match is going to go on third from the top. 
underneath the that's, two yeah. world title matches. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, and we've got JR and the Taz on commentary, <laughs> as per usual here. Just like AEW. Just like AEW, <laughs> man. Some things don't change. Uh, big Show coming out first. And, you know, of course, they're hyping up his massive size. And as usual, Undertaker makes Big Show wait for a good little while before his entrance begins. Yeah, and when he, you know, he comes out, Taker does finally, and I like that JR's like, and so we begin, ladies and gentlemen, because I just, we've got this spectacular entrance, all the fire, all the flame, really cool, a lot of, a lot of purple lightning and screens here, just really, really neat, uh, you know, entrance set here, and boy, you can tell they're in the Pacific Northwest, because JR is, is about to kill us here, he says that, uh, Oh man, what well, he says that the Sasquatch himself has come out of the hills of the Pacific Northwest. He <laughs> just he's walking toward the ring. Uh, so man. now Undertaker is a Sasquatch. Yeah, man, the Sasquatch who walks with angels, I guess That's we could it. say. So um we had yeah, Taz points out that Big Show doesn't seem phased or worried at all here, which is is true. He doesn't seem because he knows he can knock him out with his punches, so Taker completes his entrance and shows Shadow Box in the corner and got an Undertaker's number one fan sign in the crowd. I wanted to point that out. So, man, a lot of a lot of fans here for Undertaker. Like you said, another cool pay per view entrance here with a big giant set, and lots of video screens and stuff. And Jr. He's got he's got a bunch of lines saved up as he says. Now Big Show's got one eye. Yeah, what the heck? Does he not know what a psychopath is? If Taker had like gouged his eye or he had an eye patch on, like, but why is he is is he is Taker Odysseus? I don't yeah. He got his X-Men mixed up, man. I think he's meant to say the Colossus Big Show, not Uh, Cyclops. (laughs) Cyclops. <laughs> He's confused on his X Men. Vince. Uh, <laughs> oh man, I don't know, man. I had to rewind that to make sure. That's oh, actually me what too. He said. <laughs> yeah, he's dropping into Sasquatch, the Cyclopean. But I just don't, man. Vince is on a tear this this oh, this month, man. just dropping dropping these words on these people. So. Yeah, well, Big Show, like I said, he's confident. Uh, we get really cool camera angle. The pam- camera pans out, and we see Undertaker raising the lights. We see the whole crowd there, which we don't normally get to see that shot. So it's pretty cool, man. Um, well, the bell rings, and uh, I think Chuck Robinson's in the ring with us here tonight. And uh, the bell rings, and they go at it, you know. It's kind of a grudge match thing here. So um, Taker goes right at, at Big Show with some suit bones, and Big Show clotheslines Taker out of the ring. But, of course... This is kind of harkening back to the hokey days of Taker and the, the Supernatural, and so Taker's going to land that perfect tin landing on the floor. Yeah, we haven't I feel like we haven't seen him do that the past few months, uh, but he does it here, and then he gets up on the apron and hits another sort of old-school maneuver that we've seen him do many, many times, mm-hmm. an apron stunner on the Big Show. But Big Show, he quickly recovers. He doesn't take a lot of bumps here. You know, He's got to take a lot to knock him off his feet. And he knees Undertaker off of the apron. He heads to the outside, and he starts unloading some punches into Taker's ribs and uh, whips him into the barricade. And JR's got another great line queued up. Oh, yeah. He's a, that wall moved, cracked, and popped. Was that the Undertaker's body? <laughs> just, just, 
it's all over it tonight. That's right, baby. Well, Big Show grabs Taker, but he slips out and shoves Show face first into the ring post here. And then Taker, again, he's a veteran. He, he slides in the ring and back out to break the count. He's not done. He doesn't want to win by count out. He wants to punish Big Show for helping him, you know, let Vicky spit in his face, basically. So get some apron punches here, and Taker's doing that apron offense. And then he goes up and hits that apron leg drop. And I don't know if I've seen the fans get more excited than they did here in Portland this night for that apron leg drop. They love that move in Portland. They're feeling it, man. They're feeling <laughs> yeah. Taker here. Uh, but Big Show is able to recover and get back on his feet and – kind of backs himself into a corner, and Undertaker uses that to hit a few of those big stinger splashes, but Show recovers again and comes running out of the corner with a running clothesline on Undertaker, uh, hits some uppercuts into the ribs, and then just hits a classic old-school body slam, and mm-hmm. then an elbow drop for a two-count on Taker as uh, Big Show's starting to dominate this portion of the match. Yeah, he's going, uh, he's he's hungry, so he's punching at those ribs again, man, trying to get some you know, Sasquatch meat, I guess. <laughs> Let me get that rib back. Girl, give me that rib back. Go for the McRib. So, um, and then he hits one of the world's worst Russian leg sweeps I've ever seen. <laughs> it's pretty ugly. I, I remember him doing it back in WCW to like Luger and like Macho Man stuff, like back in the day when he was a giant. But, um, this one looks like it's like if you're teaching someone how to do it, like it, it looks real bad. Yeah, it's not, not pretty. Know. It was the first time in a long time he'd probably done it, but yeah, it's not good. And he starts, he gets a two count and gets some body blows to Taker or by Taker, but Big Show kicks him off and then Taker gets some rights in the middle of the ring. And then they just have a malfunction here. Yeah, I couldn't quite figure out what was happening here, but Taker kind of reverses something into the like the Taker care of business that drag yeah. sleeper that he hasn't <clears throat> done too much lately, but. And then they kind of can't figure out what to do here. It doesn't quite land right. It doesn't quite stick. So they kind of stumble into the corner and have to talk things out for a second before Big Show goes for a Vader bomb on Undertaker. Mm. But Undertaker rolls out of the way. He starts going through the moves of doom, uh, comes rolling out, uh, hits his flying clothesline. He gets a two count after that and the leg drop. And then he goes up for old school. Um, but Big Show catches him the, by the throat in a goozle, and he's going to hit a big old choke slam to him, which was a good near fall here, a two count. And you don't see too many people, you know, catch him in a in a choke slam. So just maybe Kane and Big Show. So that's about it. But pretty cool to see that as a reversal for the old school. And then Big Show again. Say what you will about this knockout punch. It's going to become the WMD. Um, I tell you what, Big Show does a good job. Um, with the theatrics of it, he holds his hand up. He like pulls all his. I don't know how to describe it. He's, he's you know, you're seeing his fingers like come together, and he's just he's really he's selling it to the guy in the back seat or in the t- in the top of the arena. You know, he really is, and that's just that's wrestling 101. You're playing to the audience, and he does a good job letting you know this is coming. I really do gotta applaud him for that. It's old school wrestling, man. I yeah. don't have a problem with that being a finishing move, especially because it's... Some people didn't like it at the time. It's no, all stupid. I know. But... I, know. Um, but I don't. If it's going to be believable by anybody, it's going to be believable yes. by the big show. And yes. like, like I said, it's like, you know, I know there's people that don't like Jericho's Judas Effect elbow, but it's it's all about how you build the move up. Yes. You know, it's about working smarter, not harder. Like, exactly. You don't have to do this complicated, convoluted move. You don't have to do something where you make the other guy take a bump. Like it's nope. 
it's that's how wrestling is actually that's kind of the point of wrestling but yeah that's it's me on my soapbox but uh <laughs> anyway it, it does it the move is getting over uh but big show loads it up taker ducks it he goes for a choke slam but he can't get big show up and so <clears throat> show goozles undertaker right back and you know the crowd's into this man because it's yeah. it's the rare time where big show is it's two giants man it's yeah. like and that's you know i know the again like the work rate smart smart mark people don't always like that stuff but 90% of the crowd in these arenas, that's fun for them to see. Uh, especially, yeah. and these two guys, they kind of have pretty good chemistry together. Uh, they do. As much crap as you know, people give Big Show. But um, he chops Undertaker's hand down and goes for a choke slam again. And Taker reverses it into a DDT. And, you know, again, you give Big Show all the crap you want. He takes his DDT like he's yeah. Rob Van Dam. Spikes <laughs> his head, <laughs> goes straight up. <laughs> 90 degree angle and flips over, man. Oh, he does, man. It's awesome to see. I loved it. And, you know, Taker finished off Big Daddy V with that move a few <laughs> months right. ago. So why not get it on another big fat guy here? So <laughs> it's obviously a, a Achilles heel for these big dudes. But, yeah, get a really good two count here. And then Taker just goes nuts on Big Show here, just viciously punching him. Like, they look pretty stiff shots, too. But, um, and then he goes to like Charles Robinson's getting in there, like trying to separate Taker out. And Big Show, excuse me, Undertaker's going to go for that ref intimidation, and he scares Charles Robinson all the way across the other side turnbuckle. And Taker kind of chases him over there, you know, intimidating him. Well, this gives the Big Show an opportunity to undo the turnbuckle pad, and Taker's going to turn his attention back to Big Show, and Big Show's going to slam his head right into it where Charles Robinson can't see. I thought this was great. I thought you know, it's it's another yeah. old school finish. Talk about yes. old school wrestling. The heel cheats. It's an old school match, yeah. Yep. Uh, so Undertaker runs into that turnbuckle, and then Show gives him a knockout punch, and then gives him another one, and Undertaker is out, man. He mm-hmm. is down on the ground. He can barely get up. And Big Show lifts up Undertaker's head off the ground and gives him just like a donkey punch, like right <laughs> to the back of his head, man. And Charles Robinson is like, that's it. It's over. Yeah. Calls for the bell. Yep. Uh, guess it's a TKO here. And that gets huge boos from the crowd. Mm-hmm. And, and Big Show's like, is he out? <clears throat> Raise my hand. And tells yeah, Charles I Robinson to raise his hand. and. Charles Robinson like shrugs his shoulders and raises his hand and Big Show is playing it up really well here, man. Just confident smile on his face and he looks back at Undertaker struggling to recover as he Undertaker sells it in the ring for a really long time. And that's the key. It's only a ten minute match here, but um the key is what happens afterward here because like you said, Taker has collapsed. He's slowly getting up, Portland's chanting, Taker, Taker, and he is he looked like remember when he really got knocked out in the Brock Lesnar match in 2014 <laughs> WrestleMania 30 we'll get to he looks like that here his eyes are great her, he looks like Brock when Brock botched the shooting star press like that's what Taker's doing a great job selling what a concussed wrestler looks like concussed wrestler excuse me looks like he is just his eyes look glazed over he's pulling himself up on the ropes finally finally makes it to his feet doing a great job and then JR has another line. He says, you know, that The Undertaker is the most respected man in the annals of WWE. And, um, you know, he's he hasn't seen him treated like this by anybody, you know. And so 
really good job to take her here. He's been he's put Edge over for the last year, just trying to get him to the next level. And Big Show doesn't need that. He's Big Show, but mm-hmm. they're obviously trying to do something else with Big Show here. Get this this knockout punch over, and he he's soon going to make it over to Raw and become a top heel over there too. So, um, you know, really trying to do something else with Big Show here. And again, these guys have good chemistry in the match. It's just not my the build up was kind of lackluster for me exactly yeah the big show i mean the, the build-up to this was such a downgrade from the edge undertaker storyline that yes. we had so much fun discussing so such a steep jump off the hill with that but the match itself like i've enjoyed the other undertaker big show matches that we've done they have yeah really good chemistry with each other and um like you can tell, this is the beginning of a storyline. This is going to yes. be far from over here. So, yeah, I had zero problems with this. Uh, it's not probably not going to make either one of our top tens for this era. No. But, you know, for what it is, it it's fine. It works. Sure. It's, you know, it's old school. Yeah, it's a very old school match in a very old school town, Portland. That's an old school place, man. You know, Roddy Piper, you guys start there. You know, Pat Patterson wrestled there a lot. You know, um, Ray Stevens. You know, Raven used Raven started wrestling there a long. He wrestled there a long time when he was the Scotty the Body or whatever. So, really good wrestling town up there, and they just really enjoyed this old school match. So, plus it's Taker, so you can't go wrong. Bingo. But, and we're not at the end of it yet, folks. Like we said, this is a trilogy here, so we will keep this podcast rolling, rolling, rolling onto the last ride. Next week, as we cover Cyber Sunday, two thousand eight, Undertaker and the Big Show yet again. <laughs> with a gimmick by the fans choosing here. So an added stipulation to try to amp this thing up here. I believe it's I believe it's last man standing uh, this time. So it's, they're like three of the same options. So <laughs> yeah, basically they, whichever one is going to be the same thing. Yeah, we'll get to that next week. Though. We'll get to that next week. Until then, we want to hear your comments about this matchup here. What did you think of it? Uh, did you need to see that Undertaker Big Show Unforgiven footage just one more time? Could you not get enough of it? Oh, Big Show, good. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on the house, Bunny? What do you? What about Click? What are your reviews of those? Hit us up. At Talking Taker uh, on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I love the movie conversations we veer off into, Travis. It happens. It happens. I think we did the best last week. I'm trying. I'm trying to reach for something. I'm, it's, this is exactly the equivalent of what's par- it's parallels the content of the story we have. We just we used it all on edge last week, and now we're scraping the bottom of the barrel for content <laughs> for cinema. But yeah. Anyway. Clicks. Clicks fine. That's a decent Adam Sandler movie. Isn't his wife Courtney Cox? Uh, Kate or Beckinsale. no, is it Kate Beckinsale? Ooh, yeah, even better. So. <laughs> Ooh la la. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of Instagram... Is man, she a I, vampire in that movie too? Probably. <laughs> so that's all she can do, man. Anyway, go ahead. Uh, I did some running commentary on an old Superstars episode while I was sitting here bored yes. in my uh, quarantine. Uh, it was... Undertaker and Nails had quite the confrontation on there, so mm. it's kind of inspired by the Something to Wrestle episode with Nails uh, that just released uh, on Pritchard's show. So if you haven't heard that yet, uh, you can go there and you can go on our Instagram. I've got it like highlighted at the top of the page. Uh, talked about the whole episode. It's, uh, if you're bored, you can click through that. Tried to be funny on there. Might do some more of those while I'm sitting around the house here. And, uh, of course, you can support the show by subscribing, by leaving a rating, leaving a comment, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can support us by 
sign up for a free month of Stitcher Premium and using the code TalkingTaker, or you can go over to tpublic.com like one of our listeners did and picked up a couple of stickers. Uh, you can pick up a sticker, a t-shirt, a hat, a mouse pad. I don't know. You can do all sorts of stuff over there with any of our Talking Taker logos. And then lastly, I want to thank the guys from the Bottom Line Wrestling Podcast, Mike and JV. They We haven't recorded it yet, but I believe it's going to drop here uh, later this week. or uh, I believe it'll be out now by the time you listen to this. Travis, you and I are going to do some watch-along commentary here. And this will be fun for you guys out there that have listened to our show the whole time. It's a match that we did not do an episode about. The only pay-per-view match we didn't do an episode about. But the bottom line, guys, asked us to come on there and talk about it. Undertaker Chris Benoit from Rebellion 2000. And then we're also going to watch the main event of that show, which is a fatal four-way with Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock and... Uh, a couple other guys. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> at least two more people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, That's uh, not important. The important thing is Tiger match. So. Of course, we want you guys to listen to that and subscribe to their podcast as well as they go batch by match through Stone Cold Steve Austin's career. And they've obviously hit the end of 2000, so uh, they're in the final yeah. days <laughs> of Stone Cold's career. But 2001, that's a heck of an in-ring year. Uh, oh, yeah. Storyline-wise, they're going to have stuff to talk about. Let's just say that. Yeah. They will. But other than that, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, check out those guys over at that podcast. And we'll, uh, we'll like I said, we'll be on there. Uh, I think it's already dropped at this point. Who knows? We don't, the timeline's on this stuff. It's like one episode lost. So anyway, uh, if you were there in the Rose Garden in Portland, Oregon, in uh, October 5th, 2008, let us know what you thought about this match, this night, this ladder match. It just really stole the show. What a great piece of storytelling. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Uh, What'd you think about it? Were you cheering for that apron leg drop or, or not? You know, and uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, stay safe and take her easy. I am the happiest, most blessed man alive. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you and our wonderful Congress for shelling out billions and billions of dollars so that people like me could keep all of our money because my good friends Barney Frank and Nancy Pelosi they understand that rich people like me make the world go around and I employ people like you and the good of the country is what's good for me and saving my money it may cost you $10,000 per household based upon my projections but I want to thank all of you I want to thank Senator Obama. I want to thank Senator McCain for voting for me and protecting my money with this bailout. And from the Layfield family to all of the great taxpayers in this country who have put their money, risked their future, so that I could keep my penthouse apartment on Central Park. I got to tell you. From the Layfield family, to all of you, I love you. Thank you. And now as I get in my limousine and go back to New York, don't think I'm going to forget this backwoods wonderful city and all of you people. God bless you all. God bless America. And most of all, 
God bless me.